We hear a lot today about conversion therapy, ex-gay ministries, changing people, fixing people, religious groups, trying to get at the problems that they see in gay people, and they want to change them. In this interview today with Jeff Coe, we're going to be discussing this whole issue firsthand. Jeff, when he was younger, was gay, and then he got converted, quote-unquote, and became an ex-gay or non-gay, and then after a while became gay again, and back and forth. This is his journey. Kind of interesting, the ups and downs and the ins and outs of this. Give a listen. Good morning. Wilkinson here. Today I'm with one of my exes, Jeff Coe, and we're going to be discussing his journey in and out of gay and ex-gay ministries and things like that. So uh, here's Jeff. Say hi, Jeff. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. Okay, I don't even know where to start, but we'll pick a place and start. So you grew up, you were born, what, in Texas? I was born in Odessa, Texas. And then uh, you went to Oklahoma. Went to liberal Kansas and then Oklahoma, where I did most of my growing up in Oklahoma City. Okay, and at one point, did you first know that you were gay? God, you know, I would probably say five or six and I just noticed that there was an attraction to boys. And I as well remember that me and a friend would kind of fool around and all that. And so that probably happened, uh, that would probably happen around six or seven. Okay. And then did you have words for that or did you know, just no. realize that you were attracted no, to No, there was no words, you know, right. the, the word gay wasn't out there and right. homosexual was, but I, it was not a word I'd ever even heard of. So, you know, it was just, I just fa- had an attraction to guys or boys. Okay. And I then say. when you realize, yes, I am gay, 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 mm-hmm. how old were you then? Um, gosh, I probably would have been... 18 is when I kind of really kind of began to accept it. And did you just come out to yourself or to family or friends or how? Um, Tell well, me a little about it. Well, I ended up, I had gone to some, some gay bars earlier in my high school days. And I remember walking into them and I'm going, oh my God, this is incredible. And um, then I remember fooling around with one guy and it was very, how would I say, very shame-based in the sense is that we had an occurrence or several, but nothing was ever spoken about it at all. And it was just like nothing ever happened. And then I can't say I remember exactly, but I think I went to a club or something. And um, I think it was the Free Spirit the thing that sticks out in my head more than anything, more than anything, kind of when I would say I was really coming out was, I remember I had a guy come over, and of course he was older, and uh, uh, we were we were just kind of talking or whatever, and all of a sudden my 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 friends knock on the door, and they go, Jeff, 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 we know you're there. Answer the door. Answer the door. And I just was silent. And um, uh, we just kind of sat there for a while. And then it was kind of like, okay, they're gone. Good. And I think that's kind of what I would almost feel like is my first time of kind of like saying, okay, I think I'm, I, I think I'm gay. And then 
I guess we missed the part. You grew up in a Christian home, correct? Yes, I grew up in a Christian home. And um, your parents was, were very Christian, right? Well, it wasn't like they became. They became much more, what I'd say, evangelical Christian as I got older. I kind of left the church probably, quit going around 12 years of age. And so I wasn't going to church at all. But, but my parents continued to go to church. Okay, and then when you discovered that you were gay, mm -hmm. at what point did you tell them? How did how did that unfold? Well, it's kind of a little <laughs> funny story, and that is that um, I remember I had told my mom, and you know, this is nineteen seventy seven. That's kind of a challenging time in Oklahoma to be saying you're gay, and. Um, I know now as I look back on it, I know that was a real hard thing for her to kind of hold on to, but she held on to it. And then a couple of weeks later, I remember while I was sitting there with my mom and dad, and all of a sudden she looks at me and she looks at my dad and she goes, Jeff, tell him what you are. Tell him you're a homosexual. And so <laughs> that was my coming out. Wow. So when you told her, did she... Say, I'm going to keep this to myself? Or no, what? you know, I really don't know. I don't have, I, I, I can't picture it now. So I don't know what really transpired that, you know, that if she said, oh, I'm going to hold on to this or what. It, it, there may have been some of that there. Um, mm. And that's why it was kind of like, you know, it was like, she, it was just, it got too bottled up in her. Okay, so now they both know. How did your father react to that? Um... There wasn't anger or anything like that. It was just they didn't know really how to respond to me because by that time, they had become much more what I'd call conservative evangelical Christians. So they, you know, they just, it was, it was, it was a shock. It was a shock, and, and I know that it was a shock, and they didn't know how to really respond to it at all. Hmm. Okay, so then what was the next step in your journey? Well, let's see. The next step in the journey... Oh, uh, I ended up getting a boyfriend, Terry. And we were together. We kind of did an off-and-on thing for a little bit. But what then ended up happening, about a year and a half later, this would have been 19, uh, August 1978, we you know, were trying to figure out where do we want to go? We don't want to be in Oklahoma. God knows. Where do we want to go? Do we want to go to L.A.? Do we want to go to San Francisco? And it was going over and over, and it was like, well, my sister had moved to Seattle. And so it was kind of like, well, if we go up there, at least there's someone we'd know. And so we ended up taking the Greyhound bus <laughs> and took, I don't re I think it was two and a half days or something like that to get up there. And uh, so we went went up there, and so in August of 78, landed in Seattle. All right. And then, let's see, that would have been, would you say, 78? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were with him a while, and then did you stick to the gay life, or did you... Yeah, no, I was totally happened? in it. I, I, I kind of went crazy. I mean, I had my, let's say, party years. Let's put it, just be honest. Okay. I had some extreme party years where I did all kinds of stuff, 
you know, probably for, let's see, probably from 78 to about 83. Okay, I don't remember the year that we met, but I remember it was in a church setting. Yes, it was. And uh, so I don't remember or don't know about any of that. So from that point where you were partying to where I met you in church, what kind of time gap was that and what happened Well, that would have been, let's see, 80, so that, let's see, 83, and I think we met like in 87 or 88. Okay, and you were not gay, quote unquote, at that point. At correct? that point, no. I at that point I had had my experience, and um, well, what made you go back in the closet? Okay, well, or or it wasn't even a closet. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't. I yeah. I mean, it was a closet. It was because I, you know, I I totally pushed everything aside. But what really ended up happening for me was that. Uh, I had had a a partner, and um, it was very interesting, Doug, and Doug uh, came up to Seattle from Oregon, and he was trying to change himself. So Doug was after Terry? Terry, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. all right. And so he was trying to change himself, but he ended up going to a gay bar and met me. And all of a sudden, <laughs> there was that physical attraction thing going on, and so... We hooked up and continued to kind of hook up, and then it can be kind of said, okay, I think this is a relationship going on. And so he kind of left the church that he was part of and the program that he was in, and so we got together. And so we when were— you, When you stop a minute, so when you say program, that was a— ex-gay fix-it no, type of thing? No, they didn't have or? anything like that. At that well, time. what kind of program was it? I don't, I, it wasn't, I, it, program would be the wrong word. It was, he was up there, he was in like a, a men's house, I believe. Okay. And so it was a group of guys, and I think they were just kind of like holding one another accountable and that kind of a thing. So he was trying not to be gay. And he was trying not to be gay. But then he met you at he a gay bar. He met me and became gay again. <laughs> okay. So that's what I pulled out of him. Wow. How about and that? Um, so what happened for me was uh, we ended up splitting up and what he ended up saying, okay, Jeff, I can't do this anymore. I need to go back to God, so forth and so on. So I'm living downtown Seattle and I remember I, uh, uh, well, let's just say uh, I, I ended up getting into some trouble, what it was was I uh, was in a public restroom, and something was about to happen, but nothing did happen. Well, the cops walked in, and they proceeded to give us a ticket for lewd contact. And um, I remember coming home, and I was just freaked out. I mean... Well, understa- no, I, understandably, you know, I, I, nothing like that had really happened to me before. And so I was just, you know, I was like terrified. And I remember that night I just, I, I, I would say I did, I called out to God and, um, you know, for a lot of people out there that have not had any, you know, encounters or anything like that, or God moments that are kind of really personal. That's what it was. It was a really personal moment. And I felt the presence of God in that apartment. And uh, literally the next day, boom, I changed. I literally gave up everything. I mean, my friends, I didn't go to the places I used to hang out at. 
Uh, I just left everything. The one thing I wished I'd never done, and I still hate it today, was I had probably about 800 albums, and I tossed them in the dumpster. And they would have been... You're talking LP? LPs and, and extended play, disco stuff. Really, I had some really rare stuff. And it was like... So that was devil music, right? That was the devil music. Okay, yes, I got couldn't it. listen to that. So <laughs> that was kind of the beginning of my uh, uh, of that. And then what ended up happening um, about a year year let's see probably a year and a half two years later, I ended up going to Bible college, Oops. and so started that did that for four years and that's when we met was somewhere around in that time that i was going to bible college hmm. okay and i'll inject here so when we were in this large church in seattle jeff had rolled around to the point where he was the kids minister for the the kids ministry and my youngest son i was married at the time of course and he was in his group so we were friends for many years and then uh i think you moved to california to work at an ex-gay ministry is that correct yeah 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 what year what year was that uh that would have been 1998 i believe it was and what ended up happening was that i had gone on a little mission trip with some friends of mine we were trying to uh bring some stuff to some of the churches so we were i was in south korea I was in the Philippines, and then I landed into Hong Kong. And at Hong Kong, I was staying with some friends, and there was this conference coming. They said, Jeff, come along. I think you'll really like this. And so it was a Desert Stream conference. and it Which was, is an ex-gay ministry for ex-gay those that ministry, don't know. Definitely. okay, It's an ex-gay ministry. And, um, you, know, and you know, it spoke to me because of where I was at. And so... I was there, and uh, the the leader of that, Andy Kamiski, started talking to me. I don't remember if it was, yeah, I think it was there. He asked me if I wanted to come down and do an internship with them, and they were in Anaheim, California. So then that's where I come in, because I got divorced in 99 and went to Europe by myself and came out to myself. I didn't know I was gay, similar to your story, but... I knew I was different and I was attracted to men, but I didn't know I was gay. But after I got divorced and I went to Europe, I went with some friends that didn't work out and I ended up by myself for three weeks. And so I had a lot of thinking time, came out to myself after looking at my life and saying, duh, and uh, came home, read some books and came out in late 99. And that's when I had my short list of people to come out to. You were on the list and Lo and behold, you were working at the X Game Ministry, so that wasn't a match. It was uh, oil and water. So we didn't talk for what eight, seven or eight Let's years. See, I think that, something that like was that. ninety nine. It wouldn't have been until really. I mean, we may have talked in two thousand and six, but it really wasn't until two thousand and seven. Right. Picking up my journey. So in two thousand and seven, I would have had my first two partners. We split split up. And then I was in the I hate men mode for <laughs> after I broke up with Michael. I said to myself, the perfect guy for me would be Jeff Coe. It's too bad he's not gay. Well, of course, I thought you were not gay, but that you were working at the ex-gay ministry. A month later, 
you got a hold of me on an email because your parents were moving to a nurse uh, retirement home and you said you want to talk to me. Well, of course, my first three thoughts were, hmm, wonder what that's about. So he either wants to come up and preach to me, he's going to apologize for being a shit for not talking to me all those years, or he came out. Well, guess what? And the rest is history. We went back and forth after connecting again. Uh, what We went back and forth about, what, six months? And then you moved up to Seattle. Yeah, it was somewhere around And uh, around that time, you were back at the retirement home talking to your mother. And as I recall, you were we had gotten together. She knew you were staying with me, but she probably thought we were roommates or something. But then you were uh, having lunch with her or coffee one day at the retirement home, little luncheonette, and you can pick up the story there. But uh, how, you came out to her a second time. How did that go? Well, it's kind of very similar to the first one, honestly. And that was we were having coffee, and you know, she, I, I basically just came out to her then, and she goes, "Okay." You know, and she was much more calm and level at that time, of course, because she's already gone through this. And so um, she says, just don't say anything to your dad. And I said, Mom, if there's no reason to. And part of that was that my dad as well was starting to deal with some issues of memory and stuff like that. And so, you know, it's kind of like, well, don't want to, you know, uh, turn things upside down for anyone. And so... uh, we walked over, and it was, you know, just a few steps away, honestly. Walked over to their place and got in, and we were kind of sitting around, da-da-da. And then, you know, then she just kind of said, hey, Jeff, tell you, t- tell your dad. And so I came out to my dad right then and there because she goes, he's ready. And it was kind of like, okay, this is different, but, you know. So it was a miracle from the time you left there across the street across and up the to their street, apartment. Every, he he got ready his, all of a sudden. He, he changed his whole demeanor <laughs> right then and there. That's interesting. Can I bring up something sure. that I hadn't uh, really brought up? I want to bring up about why I came out again. Okay, why? Well, it was an interesting place that I was in. I was actually seeing a woman at the time. And um, she had two kids. And they were great people. And she's a great woman. And uh, one day I was at the pool. I remember sitting there and I looked out over them and they were playing in the pool and all that. And I said to myself, you know, internally, I said, Jeff, can you love her in the way she needs or the way she wants? And I thought for a moment, I said, no. I mean, I knew it. I mean, I go, you know, I could be like a great person with her and we could have a great friendship but I don't see anything relationally going on. And so that began my little journey. And then the second thing was, this was during the the era when Craigslist was out there and you could find men or women if you wanted to uh, hook up with them and all that. And so I went on Craigslist and I hooked up with a guy. And... I, you know, we had sex, and afterwards I remember walking out, and I, I just stood outside, and this was in Southern California. I go, oh my God, that's what I've been missing all along. And those two things, but that last one was the thing I think that really said, Jeff, you're gay. And so that was my little coming out to myself first, and then I ended up coming out to everybody else. 
Well, it's good that you came to that realization because when you're in the church, as we both know, a lot of times you just proceed, even though you have that in the back of your mind or you know it and you figure you'll get fixed or it'll work out or whatever, and you go ahead and marry the person, you marry her, and then you know the seams come apart a few mm-hmm. years later. So it's good yep. that that happened. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm glad because I do know. I, I do know. Uh, I can't tell you how many people I know that that's what's happened for them, that, right. you know, that they, they got married to try to fix themselves, really. Right. And, you know, and of course, that never works. So how do you feel about the whole ex-gay thing today? I mean, you've been in and out of it, up and down. Um, so what what are your thoughts on it? Is the whole thing fake? Is there some good in it? What do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think there's good things in it. In a in, in a sense, there's um, the program that you know that I that we kind of ran. It was it, I mean, there's some good things that can happen in it because you can have a place that you can actually talk, right? And you know, open up about what is and what isn't going on in your life. So the thing is, is that you've at least got people that you can share your life with, which I think is always really good for everybody because we all need that. But it's from the standpoint of you can be fixed or you can change. Yeah. yeah. And and do you believe you can be changed? No, I don't anymore. I mean, I've just, I've seen way too many people. I've seen way too many people even that were once part of the whole ex-gay movement, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they are, they come out again, you know, just like me because, you know, it's kind of like, okay, this really isn't working. Hmm. Okay, so there's some good in it, but what I'm hearing from you is that it's not really therapy, but it's friendships, and you can share your heart and your, your story and stuff like that. So that's the good part of it, right? Right. But but obviously you've seen some damage that it does. Oh as yeah, well, definitely. Right? I mean, even for myself, it took let's say um, it took a while for me to kind of really accept that I was gay. I mean, I you know I had. You know, these things of, uh, should I do this? Should I do not do that? Is this right? Is this wrong? Blah, blah, blah. So I would go into, is this good or is this evil? That kind of a thing. So it took me, you know, it took me quite a while to kind of rid myself. And, you know, and all, you know, the language that we used and all that kind of stuff. So, it, you know, it would, it was a little bit of time for me to really come, what I'd say, come clean and all of that. Okay. Do you have any regrets in all of that story? Well, I wish, well, um, there was some good things that happened through it. I mean, I, I did meet some great people. You're talking about in the ministry. Yes. In the ministry and then through the church and all that. I, I, you know, I met some great people, good people, friendly people, that kind of a thing. Um, so Everything wasn't bad in that sense, but it was just for me, the regrets was that, you know, I wished I wouldn't have wasted all of that time because we're talking 22 years and that was 22 years that I was celibate too. Whoa. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Honestly, that's... I mean, there was the occasional masturbation thing that would happen. But then if I did that, and especially when I was in the ministry, we'd have to confess that. But outside of that, there was no contact until I met that one guy through Craigslist. And that was from 1984 to 2006. Wow. Well, that's quite the journey. Any uh, parting thoughts for somebody that's... Okay, let's just say we've got a guy, he's... uh, 20 years old to 50 years old or more, 
and he's in the church and he knows that he's gay, what would you tell him? Well, I would just tell him, look, you know what the church is telling you. What I'm going to say is that God likes you. God loves you. And you know, because you've tried to change yourself, and you know that that's not going to work. And I'll the ministry and all that, it just doesn't work. So what I would suggest is begin to accept yourself, accept your feelings, and begin to start coming out to yourself. And when you're ready and open, begin to come out to others because no one wants to live in the bondage of being gay and not being out because that is a true hellhole. Right. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Well, you're more than welcome. Hopefully uh, someone will hear this and it'll, it'll help them on their journey. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks.